What's going on, Badger fans? We got Coach's Corner. We're talking about the bowl game. What led to Tanner Mordecai's breakout performance? The young receiver core. Where's the pass rush? How did young Rucci look? Game management? Question mark? Too conservative? Question mark? Let's talk to the coach. Let's figure it out. On Wisconsin, let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Locked On Badgers. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. Really do appreciate you uh, as we continue to grow this community. Today's episode brought to you by GameTime. Uh, download the GameTime app, create an account, use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. All right, let's bring Coach Anderson in. As always, we try to do Coach's Corner on Wednesday. Uh, this is going to be one of our last game breakdown Coach's Corners of the year. It's sad, man. Um, football season's over. It's been a long year. But uh, I, I'm ex- I'm looking forward to the off season, the second season. Um, you know, this this off season is going to be a very interesting one. A lot of questions that have to be answered, and it's it, it's not going to go dull. It's well, it's I definitely going to be it's definitely gonna keep us busy and give us lots to talk about between now and September. And that's something college football has done, man. The off season is is more exciting now with the portal, with NIL, with transfers. I don't think that's what they were intending to do, but they did no. create kind of a hot stove, right? Where people oh, love sure. that. Um, yeah. But let's talk bowl game. We'll have plenty of time to talk off season. Tanner, I want to start with Tanner Mordecai, uh, who looked he looked incredible. I thought he looked great up until maybe that last drive or two. Uh, but overall, still a great game from Tanner Mordecai. If if I told you this is what you're going to get from Tanner Mordecai, you would have taken that ten out of ten times going into a bowl game against LSU. What was the biggest difference between regular season Tanner Mordecai and this bowl game Tanner Mordecai? I mean, the, the, the cheap, easy answer is to say Jake Renfro. That is a huge change, a huge change. Um, and I think not enough people are really thinking about how much his mind is taken away from reading the defense when he has to search for the football. I mean, Renfro snaps were on the money every yeah. single time. And so so his eyes were in the right spot, and that immediately picked up the timing. When he's got the timing with his drops and everything like that, that creates better timing with the receivers. So all that added up to help with that part of the game. Um, also, LSU's defense, mm-hmm. um, I think – we struggled this year against teams that would bully our receivers and play man to man. And for the most part, early in the game, LSU played zone. Uh, they played, I mean, cover, cover four, cover three, just straight up zone. And Tanner was able to pick them apart. They also weren't rushing much early. They were trying to get home with, with four rushers. And for the most part, we were able to pick it up. And so Tanner had plenty of time, a clean pocket, and receivers who were getting open. I thought we ran some of our better routes this week. We did a much better job of finding the space in these routes, finding the seams. And also, I think another thing too, Tanner knows that that could have very likely been his last competitive football game he'll ever play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's. You know, I hope he's going to get a shot at the next level. I'm sure he will, Listen, listening to Luke Fickle. You know, if he doesn't get a Titans – uh, training camp invite, I would be shocked. But, you know, 
his days as a starter is probably over. So he just said, you know what? Screw it. Let's just go, go big or go home. And he was, this is the first time I saw him feel comfortable throwing the ball deep since the, the Skylar Bell drop against Buffalo. I don't know. I mean, he just, he looks so comfortable throwing the ball up and the receivers made plays. Yeah. So it, it, it was a culmination of the entire season. It took all season to get what we expected, but this is what we wanted in a nutshell. And it just clicked. It's unfortunate that it waited until the bowl game for it all to click, but it did. And there's other reasons we could talk about the whole addition by subtraction. When you take guys out of the offense who take up attention and take up game plan, maybe that changes the outlook. Maybe it changes uh, the whole offense in general. I mean, we lost our most seasoned receiver and statistically our second leading receiver. And we had our best passing game of the season. We lost our number one running back who was supposed to help the passing game by getting the defense to focus on him. And we played with a fullback and a safety at running back. And we had a very solid game running the ball and passing the ball. They played well. So addition by subtraction, maybe, but this is a positive sign that we can put something together and, it's just having this mentality of we don't care. We're just going to go big. They need to carry that all season. I think a lot of times this season we were, I don't, I don't know the right word, not hesitant, but scared of making a mistake, trying too hard at the little things, not trying hard enough at the hard things, whatever you want to say. This game, we just went all out and offense took a step forward. Defense, it showed you exactly why we need athletes on defense. Yeah. And well, that will lead into a whole other discussion later. But offense did what they could. 31 points and 506 yards should have been enough to win the game. Yeah. And so and as much as we want to they love yeah, points. As much as if as long as much as we want to talk about other factors that have that hampered us in this game, 31 points and 506 yards should have been enough to win. Two things so, I want to kind of ping off of things you said. The first was the, the snapping thing. And I always, I always think of quarterbacks, they talk about processing, right? You have so much to process as a quarterback. If you can just remove a little bit of that processing of having to find the ball on the snap every time and think about it, it's like a computer's processor. You take that off, everything else speeds up. And yeah. I thought that was, I thought that was a huge thing, but I want to talk about Renfro more for a second. I was really impressed with how well he did for missing two. I, I thought there was a potential that he would, there would be more rust there, right? That he would physically maybe not be fully ready, that he would not because he's a bad center, but just he hasn't played in basically two years. I was I was blown away by how good he looked considering the layoff. You can tell that he had and he said it, he's been playing center his whole life. Mm-hmm. So it's like riding a bike. Um he was rusty at times. They took advantage of him at times. They took advantage of the fact that he has not worked with his guards all season, um, especially between him and Fertney. Um, but for what the time he's been off, the limited reps he's probably gotten, he fit right in. And that's another one of those major what ifs. Mm-hmm. What if he was healthy all season? And 
you you never know. I mean, if he's healthy, Bordellini's playing guard. Yeah. You know, one, 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 one of my guys that I've been complaining about all season is on the bench. Maybe he's the flex guard. You know, who it knows? They're, they're, yeah, yeah. And and it, it just shows how important that position is and why I'm really happy that the staff is looking into, like, bringing in actual centers and not hoping that tackles can play center um, like we've had in the past. But just just having that calm, like he knew what he was doing. He knew where he needed to go. He knew his job. He knew the protections. He got beat physically a couple times. And, and LSU was gunning for it. You know, they were stunting and they were doing blitzes all around. Um, and especially in the second half when Jack Nelson went down, you know, they, they were exploiting the weaknesses in our defense, but, or in our offense, but to have our, basically our backup center and a backup left tackle for the entire game, they played well uh, given the circumstance. And I think, I think if, if, if Renfro can get stronger and build that, build himself up so he can finish the whole season next year, I think the offense is totally different. Yeah. That, that could be a huge piece that we get next year instead of this year. Um, and it, it's worth pointing out, you mentioned this as well, uh, not because I, I know someone's going to talk about it. I think it's a fair point. LSU's defense is, has issues, right? Uh, he's already, oh, Brian sure. already fired the defensive coordinator, plus I think two other assistants on that yeah. side of the ball. Like, so there, that is not a great defense, but I want to point out there's a lot of not great defenses Wisconsin's, Wisconsin played this year, right? They're, mm-hmm. The Big Ten outside of Iowa, Ohio State, it, it's not – it's not exactly the bastion of defensive football this year in the West. So no. Wisconsin struggles against other bad defenses. They looked really good against this bad defense. I think it's worth noting. All right, we're going to take a quick second. I want to come back with Coach. Talk about some of the new receivers, what he thought of uh, our boy Kekahuna, what he thought of, of Bryson Green kind of stepping into that role, what he thought of Benny Anthony. We're going to talk about that next on Lockdown Badgers. Plus, got to get a pass rush. Hit on that as well. But first, a quick break for friends of the show over at Game Time. I talk about Game Time a lot because it's it's – essential it's great if you want any type of entertainment and we all do like life can be tough right work family jobs taxes the badgers losing bowl games like life can be hard sometimes you need to go find some entertainment find a show find a concert find some comedy find a sporting event that's what game time's there for any ticket you want to any event you want at the best prices there's a reason that we use game time, fast, fast um, logistical work. You don't have to plan months in advance. You can go in, find the ticket, get a seat of what the picture looks like before you buy it so you know exactly what you're getting. Plus, last-minute flash sales guarantee the best deals on any type of event that you want to go to. Go find the entertainment to distract you from the mundane of life. That's what game time's here for. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account. Use code Lockdown College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. That's creating an account, redeem code Lockdown College, $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's get Coach back up here. Coach, I want to talk about the receivers because I think that's another element of the passing game look better. Well, a passing game doesn't look better if the receivers don't also play a part. Now, CJ Williams had a drop, certainly. Um, there was a couple Bryson Green probably should have come down with, but I thought one of those over the middle, Tanner also could have taken a little, little bit of juice off the football. I think there's a couple of them, yeah, where he he definitely threw it a little bit too hard, got a little too amped up. Yeah, <laughs> he was slinging it. But talk to me about what you saw from Vinny Anthony because these are players. If we're talking about one of the biggest things with the bowl game to me is always you can kind of springboard into next year. You can see some of 
These are young pieces. This bowl game in and to itself isn't a huge deal, but these pieces are playing a bigger role next year. What did you see from Tretch? What did you see from Vinny? And how do you think that translates into bigger roles? What I like about it is it's going to give us options. Like I, I the guys that played in the bowl game, I can, I can see so many different combinations of them. Uh, using different personnel groups. I, we saw they, they ran a lot of 10 personnel with both Tretch and Pauling on the field at the same time. That's going to continue mm-hmm. for sure because that changes how defenses pre- prepare against you. When you don't have to worry about – or you when you have a slow tight end in there who is not really much of a threat in the passing game so you can match him up on a linebacker, that changes things. But when you take that tight end out and you put fast little slot receiver like that, and oh, by the way, got the same thing on the other side, that changes the look. And we saw that where LSU, LSU was forced to put five in the box when the, when those packages were out there. And that's huge. Uh, it's nice that we saw contributions from four guys on the outside, with the exception of CJ. I don't think CJ – did CJ actually get a catch? I don't think he did. He I mean, he had have. a shot. He should have, for sure. But, you know, uh, Quincy Burroughs had a couple catches. Vinny Anthony was out there. Um, Vinny Anthony has shown versatility that he can play both outside and in the slot. Um, that's important. And on top of all that, we're going to be adding Henry. Probably going to be adding another receiver on the portal. And what it's showing me, at least, is the guys that we've lost so far. Love Chim Ray. We're not going to miss him. We're not going to miss him. And at least his production on the football field. Everything else, you know, great human being, all that kind of stuff, great teammate, nothing against him as a person. As a football player, he can be replaced. And I think we saw that this weekend. Uh, I think using Tretch and Vin, uh, uh, Pauling on the field at the same time, that will help us, you know, we, we were worried so much or we had questions about the production of the tight end group this year. We didn't get much. Now we are getting some new guys coming in, but they're young. When we have a solid group of receivers where we aren't forced to have to put guys out there who maybe don't need playing time, that helps us. Um, and it also gives us options. I mean, we saw it in this game. They ran their normal 11 personnel. They ran 10 personnel. They ran 12. They ran two back. They ran... They they emptied things. They emptied the, the playbook a little bit and gave us a lot of different looks. Sometimes I get a comment from people who don't understand what, what you're talking about yeah. with say 10 personnel, 12 personnel, 22. Yeah, what, so yep. so when, when you when you're looking at when you when you get those numbers, the first number is the amount of running backs on the field, and the second number is the number of tight ends. So 10 personnel, one running back, four receivers, 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, three receivers, 20 personnel, etc. Um it's an easier way to, to, to kind of keep that in your head uh, as long as you know the order. So it's always receiver or sorry, running back tight end. Those are the two numbers. Uh, But we, we saw, but we saw a little bit of everything and we saw a lot of different players get in the game. I mean, there was at least, at least three different tight ends, five or six receivers, three running back or two running backs. Um, So it shows that we can, we can use a lot of different guys and have a pretty good game plan, which when, it, when we look into next year where we're going to be, the running back room is going to have a lot of bodies. 
The receiver room is going to have a lot of bodies. They're going to replace the guys that they lost, and they're going to be back up to 11, 12. Tight end group is getting bigger. Um, And so, and in this day and age where everyone's got to feel like they're involved, showing that, okay, we can go out there and have 12 skill position guys get game game reps. That's going to help us. And, and they can contribute. So I, I'm a lot more positive about the receiver core going into next year with the guys we have returning. Because, again, scheme into the scheme-wise and with the players that we had, losing Skyler and losing DK, we're not losing a lot. We just need to, with the guys we have, we need to take the step up. And if they can't, we need to bring in somebody to replace them. I think that's why Tyrell Henry's coming in. Um, I think he's there definitely to give CJ Williams a shot in the arm. You're like, Hey, this guy is doing what we want you to do. You need mm-hmm. to do it. And so I, I'm pretty confident. Chris Brooks is another guy too, that the staff yeah. is hard on that. that yep. Let me ask you this. So I agree with you on this. I, I am more confident heading into next year with this receiver group, receiver receiving group. Sorry. Is it good enough though? Like I, there's one thing to be more confident right, to feel good about some of these younger pieces. But you're also bringing in a guy, and this is something when I have Brian Smith on, the recruiting guy, he talks about a lot. He said, you know, you're bringing in Van Dyke. If you don't go get a big vertical outside receiver, you're wasting the best aspect of his game. And maybe that guy's Vinny Anthony. Maybe it's Quincy Burroughs. Is this receiving group good enough if they don't add somebody else, do you think, to head into next year and compete against that schedule? I think they are good enough that we can scheme a game plan to use the guys we have because we saw so much better execution in this last game. Um, is it going to be enough to beat Alabama? Well, maybe not. Can I just say we're not it? beating Alabama? <laughs> like, you know, and it's maybe, but you know, it's, they're going to have they're and they're, you know, they're working to get another, another guy. I know there's a couple of receiver names that they're looking at. Uh, the JMU kid, I'm uh, watching a lot of him lately. I really like what he's showing. They're going to get another guy. Um, and But it might change. It's just going to change maybe the, the outlook of the offense a little bit. I think the big difference here is the shots we didn't take this year, I don't think had much to do with the receivers. a lot, Or it, it didn't have as much to do with the receivers as we would think. Van Dyke's going to sling it. Mm-hmm. And, and as long as those guys can get over the top and catch the ball, because, again, we've had drops in those situations, if those guys can get over the top and catch the ball, we're going to be okay. Um, it's good that he's getting in now. Going to start. I'm sure he's already getting ready to start getting running routes with them and stuff like that. Um, we always want – the room ha- – we want it to get better. But it is an intriguing group compared to what we've had in the past. And I think it's at least good enough to be the second step. We took the first step this year. Next year is the second step. There's a, that's a big reason why Kenny Guyton was brought in. His job is going to be to help mold that receiver room on the recruiting trail and get those guys. Mm-hmm. Again, that's why we want, we got a guy whose recruiting pedigree is the South and Texas, because that's where the athletes are. And we'll find somebody. 
doesn't hurt that his dad used to coach at the Woodlands. And, you know, it's, yeah, it, it, it's, it's all calculated. So is the receiver group good enough to be big 10 champions? Probably not, but you can, you can count on two or three fingers, uh, the receiving core in the Big Ten who are. Can we scheme things? Can we use the personnel we have in the other positions to get an offense working good enough to do it? I think so. I think it's possible. I'm, I'm not going to get ahead of myself like we all did last year, but I, I'm really intrigued. I'm really intrigued by the pieces we have. You know, we've got an eight-headed running back room. We've got we're going to have twelve receivers. We're going to have six tight ends. There's combinations in there that's going to get us yards. I think that's a good point you made too, though. It doesn't all get fixed in one and a half off seasons, right? If this is step two of the receiving group, it grows a little bit. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, come with our friends of the show, come back, talk a little bit about the pass rush game management. Any other thoughts that Coach Anderson had about the Rely Quest Bowl game? It took me a second to remember that name as I was talking. I just, you don't, these new bowls. The the Outback Bowl. Yeah, they don't, they don't click in your head the way the Outback Bowl does, the Citrus Bowl, the Orange Bowl, like the Rely Quest Bowl, whatever. Um, anyway, we're going to keep talking about that coming up. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show over at FanDuel. FanDuel is the number one sports book that we use on the Locked On Network because it is the fastest, easiest, simplest way to make your bets and get paid when you win. That's what it's all about. You, you don't want issues trying to log into the site, figure out how to use it, where are the features, where are the games, how do I get paid. FanDuel is incredibly easy. Simple, fast, the, the user interface is, is there. It's, it's set up in a great way to find what you want to do. Every sport you want, plus futures, teasers, parlay spreads, it's all there. Whatever you want to bet on, wherever your action wants to delay, it's easy to do on FanDuel. And now's a great time. New customers get $150 in bonus bets. It's $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose for new customers. Again, the app is incredibly easy to use. And the payouts are simple, fast, and seamless, unlike some other sites that I've used. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. LockedOn and make your bets today. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, let's bring Coach back on. Coach, the pass rush, man, like I feel – I was actually talking to – um, some recruits, like some some people coming in, and they're like, yeah, if you if you could just get to the the quarterback, the game, the Wisconsin would have won that game. I mean, LSU threw it forty times, forty plus times, no sacks. Is the pass rush fixed with these linebacker transfers coming in? Do you think, or is that still a major issue going into next year? It's a step in the right direction. Um, you're not gonna have a good day when your most athletic pass rusher on the field is Aaron Witt. Um, And this is, again, we could, we could lay the blame on the previous staff, but where were the pass rushers coming into the season? We didn't have any. Um, And you just, sacks don't just magically appear. As much as you can scheme things open, to try to, you know, with blitzes or whatever, you need athletes at the edge to create a pass rush. And we don't have any on the roster currently, but you can see a philosophical change in the way the roster is being constructed going forward. Athletes. Mm-hmm. 
every single person we brought in on the transfer portal on the defensive side is an athlete. And they're all intriguing athletes that can be added into the pass rush. Um, and we're still working on other guys uh, with Tackett, with uh, Jaheim Thomas from Arkansas. You know, those are guys that could fill multiple positions and be relied to get in in the pass rush. Because when you're not getting the pass rush from the outside linebackers, the edge guys, you rely on the other positions. Is Jordan Turner going to give you a pass rush? Jake Cheney? Mumajong Meta? No, they they weren't. That's not their game. Um, or at least they didn't show it this year. And, you know, for as hard as CJ gets and Jeff Petrowski and uh, Joe Peterson, Joe Peterson, played they weren't elite pass rushers they were solid probably more run stopping outside linebackers because in the past nick herbig and keanu benton took care of that or the guy on the other side took care of it and i don't think there was a plan from the previous staff into this season of who was going to take over rushing the passer when nick herbig left and but we've seen it. I mean, we, with the transfers, with um, bringing in, with the recruits we're bringing in, Heiberger and Lafayette, and um, we, we're bringing in guys who are athletic and can be then you we can use the athletic ability to either win one on one matchups or to aid in the scheme. Um, because if you're going to run some kind of complicated blitz, you know, scheme to scheme open a pass rush, there's going to be a hole in the coverage. So you need other players at the linebacker position who can fill those holes. We didn't have that. Because, mm-hmm. again, if we're going to blitz Muma, are we going to trust Jordan Turner and Jake Chaney to drop in the hole and get in pass coverage? The answer was no. And But with the guys we're bringing in, maybe, maybe, maybe. And yeah. so I, I think, and I, and I really think, if you look at the type of players we're bringing in both the transfer portal and in uh, high school recruiting, I think there's going to be a, a, a change in defensive philosophy. I, I think the three, three, five is going to morph this off season. And, and I will say fickle is, he is, I don't even know the right word to say it. He, when he knows that things need to change, he'll change it. And, you know, he did he did it at Cincinnati. He came into Cincinnati. He wanted to run the Ohio State 4-3, match cover four, like he did at Ohio State. And he went into a conference with a bunch of teams that ran Air Raid and Flexbone and all this crazy stuff. He ran a completely different defense every week. And that's where the 3-3-5 that he developed came from. Mike Tressel came from Michigan State, where Pat Narduzzi's Four three cover four defense was the name of the game, and they evolved. Our defense is going to evolve this year, and we saw it. We ran way more four two or two four this year than we ran three five, and I think that's going to. You can see that with the guys they're bringing in, because I don't think they're going to bring in two guys who play similar positions, but only one of them is going to play. I, I think. I think we saw. It. I mean, honestly, I think our starting four our starting four linebackers could be all transfers guys that we brought in that play that all the guys that we're bringing in fit different roles. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's a good thing 
because this year we didn't really have different type of role players in the in the linebacker core. We kind of had carbon copies, slightly bigger, slightly slower versions on either side, and linebackers are all kind of the same. Now we're seeing some differences. So I think that's where the pass rush is going to come because we just have to get more athletic on defense. Well, and to your point earlier, every one of those guys coming in shares that attribute, athleticism. Mm-hmm. They are, they are all they can all run they can all move they are all yep. capable in space now again it's not all going to gel perfectly either because it never no. it never goes perfectly I do want to kick it over to you um, we kind of ran through some of this stuff I want to talk about was there anything else in the bowl game kind of to round this out that caught your eye that you're like oh that's interesting or good or bad whatever in between well we saw Hayden Rucci and his first extended playing time. And I think we saw exactly why he hasn't been playing. And it's because he is, he doesn't bend well. He's small. He's thin. He's He's not big enough. He is not big enough to be a left tackle in the big 10. He's, we saw flashes of that athleticism that he has, but he reminded me a lot of that kid who grew six inches over the summer. And, and came in and didn't quite know how to work his body. It was sometimes there's a disconnect between his lower body and his upper body. Um, so I think we saw why he hasn't been playing. And he needs to dedicate himself to gaining weight this offseason. And he needs to listen to what people are telling him about gaining weight. Because we're going to need him eventually. You know, he is the left tackle of the near future anyways after, you know, Nelson goes to the pros after this next season. Um, but I, th- I think we saw a lot of why the offensive line was the offensive line we have this year. Mm-hmm. And that was, I don't want to, not gratifying is not the right word, but to, to everyone who's like, oh, why doesn't Rucci play? There you go. That's why. Uh, yeah. All those points that I came through. Um, that was interesting. Defensively, it was uh, interesting how much they they just forgot about Rico. He made. I think. I think the game plan was don't throw it to that side. Nussmeyer made one mistake, paid for it, and is like, okay, we're not throwing that way again. And and that that changed things. And which is why, again, we're seeing they're still looking to get another corner in the transfer portal um, because we're not quite there yet. And we have to fill we have to fill gaps uh, coming over from last season. Still, Uh, we got some young guys coming up up the pipeline, which is great, but players should not play before they're ready. And there's a reason, by the way, like, yeah. People, people, and this is a side tangent because I, I agree with you so much on this point that, like, a guy like Tucker Ashcraft shouldn't have played this year. And now people have kind no. of written off because he kind of faded. He should, that dude should be a redshirt freshman next year and have mm-hmm. his body developed, right? Yep. Uh, but he just needed to plug a gap this year because there's nobody in the tight end room. I think there's other spots on the roster where that yeah. happened as well. Yeah. As, as, as much as fans want to say, well, the reason why that guy didn't play is because Luke Fickle clearly doesn't know how to coach football. Uh, so many of those in my mentions over the last, oh, this whole season. Over the last, oh, he's, co- 
Yeah, yeah. The, the, these coaches know what they're doing, and guys play when they're ready. And, you know, why hasn't Tresh been playing all season? Tresh was hurt, and he's still kind of small. And you could see his his route tree was a little bit limited this weekend. Who knows what that was for? And he got hurt again. You know, mm-hmm. he got dinged up again. Um, and this is important. This is why we want to build depth. And again, this is why I said when when uh, when Walker made his commitment, and I said on Monday you're going to see why this was this commitment was important when we have an eight headed running back room next year is because. Yakimeli got hurt yep. and we were down to one tailback and a tailback who got injured at one point this season as well, by the way, mm-hmm. now, every running back we've had this year has gotten hurt. Um, and that just shows you why some of the guys who haven't played how far behind they might be. So this game showed a lot for, you know, a lot of young guys played, but a lot of young guys didn't. And there's a reason why, because they're not just going to throw guys out there Oh, by the way, your first college experience is going to be against LSU. Right. Regardless of how bad you think LSU's defense is, their offense was number one in the country. So what what a way to kill your your young defenders. Why wasn't uh, Amari Snowden out there? That's not the team to get his first game against. So it's – Well, and even defensively – We learned a lot. There's athletes on LSU's team. It's not like you're playing Mm -hmm. Presbyterian or something or Holy Cross. No, no. they're not good defensively, but they are athletic. Like there's still the, it's one, it's probably the most athletic defense we played against this year. You know, but there are teams we play against who are better coach and better football players for sure. But athletic wise, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's anybody who's better. Right, it's so, Yeah, and and it's still a game that you want to win. You know, as as much as you want to, you know, try new things, and you do you, but you do it within the game plan because you're still trying to win the football game. And so we're not just going to throw things at the wall and see what sticks. Um, we throw things at the wall that we've been working on all year, and now's the time to do it. And it, it showed offensively. Defensively, it just shows we got a lot of work to do still. Yeah, but that is well said. How it's going to be. He is Coach Anderson over at the Dairy Raid. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we'll keep our content going as long as as long as long Coach Anderson can stand me. Uh, I definitely want to break down the transfer portal stuff. and Keep going. Let's do it. So a bunch more content coming this offseason for sure. I do want to thank Coach Anderson for always joining the show, making us smarter. Uh, the insight he brings is invaluable. So I do want to say thank you for that. And go check out his channel over at the Dairy Raid on YouTube. Follow him on Twitter. Um, Coach, on Wisconsin, and we'll talk later. Sounds good.